All right, everybody, welcome to episode 138 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, man? I am thrilled to be back. It was uh, fun to listen to you and Bill talk through some things last week. It took me back a couple of years. Uh, got some stuff moved around the house. I think. Thank you, Bill, for stepping in. But uh, excited to be back and see where we are this week. Uh, it's it's always good to to have a little blast from the past and have Bill in. He um he jumped right up to it when I texted him and said, "Hey, would you be down?" He was like, "Yeah, let's do it." It was a lot of fun. But you're the you're the uh, you're the other half of the fantasy timeline. So back it's good you know what else is good scott fishbowl week baby we we started this thing on so a monday good. some people are further ahead than they would like some people are not where they would want to be but i i always say to people just just enjoy this man because once your draft is over nothing happens till like the end of august when waivers open for the first time. time and trust me it is july 13th if you're done by let's say july 19th you got like a month and a half to go before anything happens and things are going to happen players are going to get hurt in training camp you know you're going to be like oh man this team looks so great and then it's going to be like oof all right when uh waivers open i got to make changes so just enjoy this because right now you know what where everybody's at except for one guy i'm not gonna mention his name but besides that everyone else you know where they're at they're healthy they're happy they're with their new team and this is this is like the best time of year it's amazing that that scott fish put together something that just like brings people from all parts of the industry together um I have a really cool person uh, from ESPN in my division. Uh, she is, nice. she, I don't think she's a name that most people would know, but she is super nice. She is in our division chat, cutting it up, talking. Uh, we have uh, the FF German in our division. So it's fun when uh, he's talking about t- the time zone differences and everything like that. And we're like, all right, hey, listen. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's just it's really cool. The you know I'm in the twelves chat because I, I you know got that twelve pick, and uh, Heath Cummings from CBS is like super active in that thing. And that dude is busy as anything. Even this time of year when you don't think fantasy is re- really happening, uh, you got the Monday mommy in there, and then you just got like a bunch of normal people that are like, hey. What's going on? What's good? What do you think about this pick? What do you think about this start? So it's just so much fun. It brings so many people together. And on top of all of that, it's it's for a really good cause. So it's like, it's awesome. I get pumped about it, as you can tell. But um, we'll probably we'll probably talk about our teams. Uh, tell tell everybody what what we think of our teams. But uh, someone. A special someone also sent us their team to take a look at and see what we thought about. So uh, we're going to – I'll start with a little Scott Fishbowl. Not rant because it's not a bad thing. Speech, I guess, and we'll end with some Scott Fishbowl too. So uh, 
in the meantime, though, before we get to the end, we got to start at the beginning. We had we had some news, and I didn't think we were going to have news this week. It was uh, <laughs> it, it was a no news week, and then this turned it into a slow news week. So, Nikhil Harry traded to the Bears for a seventh round pick. So obviously, Nikhil Harry, former first round pick of the New England Patriots, wide receiver. All right, so. Are we just shooting Justin Fields up our boards now? He's finally got the, oh the wide God. receiver we've all been begging for him to get. And, you know, we're we're all happy now. We're we're good to go, right? What do you think about this, Drew? Oh my God. Um <laughs> good for Bill Belichick and the Patriots to get something for Harry at this point. If you can get something for really him now some- on your dynasty team, hey, they'll make something out of it. That's one of those moves that Bill parlay into another, uh, another pick. You know, move up to the fifth somehow with that, bundle that fifth, and all of a sudden now they've got you know an extra third in twenty twenty four or something. Here we go. We got we got somebody who's looking at the positive of it. Uh, Taylor Wolf, who's in uh, the junkies <laughs> too with us, says to kill Harry now on my team. Hey man, listen. Do I think anything is going to happen? No, I'm like 99% that this is whatever. But there's that 1%. Maybe it was just the fact that Tom Brady didn't like him and then Bill Belichick didn't like him. Maybe he goes, he gets that instant chemistry with Justin Fields and he he turns into something. I mean, let's think about it like this way. He doesn't have to be a wide receiver one to, to make this a move that Chicago can be happy about. But if he's like, you know, 750 yards, six touchdowns, like, and look at that depth chart though. There's Darnell Mooney, right? We got Darnell Mooney. We're putting him to the side here. Uh, Let's look at this competition. Valus Jones, rookie. Okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, who else is on that team? Because I think everyone else on the wide receiver in the wide receiver room has been <laughs> arrested. So yeah, wide receiver room is rough. You know, and even before then, what was it? Byron Pringle and mm-hmm. uh, who was, was MVS there? I mean, it, like, come on, like, so yes, is Nikhil Harry? Was he ever a world beater at any time? Maybe when he got taken in the first round, that was his world beater status. But he hasn't done anything in the league. But, I mean, neither has anyone else that was really on that roster at the wide receiver position. And like I said, uh, a couple of them have been arrested already. I think Dante Pettis is on that uh, in that yeah, room. Yeah, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, Daz Newsom. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Equinemia St. Brown, not MVS. That's my yeah. fault. Um, yeah, Tajay Sharp. So, like, you you gave me a look when I said like seven fifty and six touchdowns. Like the the there is there's not a lot to fight with. Now I'm not saying that Nikhil Harry no. has a bunch of weapons, uh, you know, you know, to to fight these guys off with, but he's big. And he's actually still younger than Bayless Jones. So, <laughs> I mean. Oh, yeah. 
we can put that out there. Um, uh, here we go. Taylor Wolf Love back that. at us again. He said, Ugh, I have Monty, Valus, and Harry on my Junkies 2 team. Just realizing <laughs> this now. Well, it's cool because Monty, I mean, we're a pro Monty uh, podcast here. Uh, we think he's criminally uh, disrespected. Uh, Valus Jones yeah. is just an unknown. I'm not saying that Valus Jones is not going to be good, but he's a rookie. We don't know. Guess what? Nikhil Harry, when he was a rookie, we thought he was going to be good. Hasn't worked out so far. And then you have, you know, you have obviously the man, the myth, the legend himself. You know, so all I'm saying is, is that, you know, it wouldn't be shocking, you know. Like, you know, Tater Wolf even dropped my project 604. I mean, if they get that yeah. for a seventh round pick, yeah, he, he's not, you know. He's not setting your your fantasy team on fire. He might be one of those like bi week filling guys if he got hot a couple weeks before you had to put him in. But you know what I mean. We'll see what happens. But man, I had to talk this up a little bit because it was the only only thing we had in the news this week. We had Baker last week, and Baker was you know was all kinds of inc- implications, and now it's kind of to kill Harry. And it's like okay, cool. So hopefully next week someone someone bigger than Harry gets you know traded or, or released or something so we have a little bit more to talk about in the news portion of this but guess what since the news portion of this is short let's go to the timeline man this is what we love to do anyway so let's go this is from this first one is from matthew morris at peak ff9 and i am going to uh take you behind the curtain a little bit matthew is in my division he is in the capital and I feel like the capital is such an apropos uh, city to be uh, coming out of because winning Scott Fishbowl is literally like the Hunger Games. There are a whole bunch of people <laughs> trying to do anything that they can to survive this thing because, you know, obviously I've never won it, but I feel like to win it, you really are just surviving. You just you, you did the right thing at the right time. You got the right bit of luck, and you you end up as and that Hunger Games. That's what the whole movie is about: being the sole survivor and winning the whole thing. So, uh, but yeah, Matthew is uh, is in my division. Uh, I think he's been having a pretty good uh, SFB draft so far. Don't tell him I said that because I don't like to give any of my uh, division mates <laughs> their props. That's not true. I love everybody in my division. Um, but here's his question. Uh, He's in a 12-team half PPR Superflex League. He is sending away A.J. Dillon. He is getting back. Not friend of the show, Trey Sermon, because mostly because of things I said about him. And a mid-2024 first. Let me just break this down one more time. A.J. Dillon for Trey Sermon in a mid-2024 first. Drew, I'm going to let you start here. Uh, which side of this do you like? Are you are you on with Quadzilla, AJ Dillon, or is it more of a give me that pick a couple years from now? I like it. I I would lean Dillon. Uh, like you said, I mean Sermon is neither here nor there. In um, that mid twenty, I mean, so hard to project what that twenty four first is really going to be. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would probably rather have Dylan 
on my team uh, for the next couple of years and see what happens with Aaron Jones after this year. Um, some of it depends, I think, where, where your team is. So if his team is looking like it needs to retool over the next year or two, then sure, take, take an extra first. And uh, even then I would wait maybe till the season, see if you can get more once you get into the season. Um, but uh, at face value, I would take Dylan now over that mid-2024 first. All right, good. I, I like when we start off and we can disagree about something. It's not a big disagreement because, honestly, uh, everything you said is 100% right. But I think I go to the pick here. And before I get into my explanation, there's one thing I want to thank you for saying. We don't know where this pick is going to be. Let's face it. A team that we think is going to be middle of the pack in 2024 gets a rash of injuries and they become a top two team. Or they hustle, they make a bunch of trades, they make some good draft picks in 2023, and they're battling for a championship. So uh, I'm just thinking about this as a 2024 first. Random. We don't know where it's going to be. Listen, I think A.J. Dillon is a good player, and and I'm going to admit I am changing my stance because when he first came out, I did not think he was going to be a good NFL player. And he's proven that he probably is going to be a really good uh, NFL player. But 2024, when it's all him, does Green Bay just use another second-round pick to do the whole time share thing again? They always, they always did it with Aaron Jones, and we always thought Aaron Jones was a good player, a really good player. And Jamal Williams was there. And then when Jamal Williams wasn't there, A.J. Dillon was there. So does Green Bay just go, hey, we're going to draft, insert, second round, running back here, and kind of always keep A.J. Dillon in that capped territory? Um, I personally think they are. And at that point, you know, would you kind of going into the time machine, would you trade a first round pick, a random 24 first for a guy that will be in a timeshare at the running back position? That's kind of that's kind of how I'm looking at it. But if I'm wrong and it's just, you know, insert journeyman running back here insert fifth round running back here instead of second round running back, you know, AJ Dillon or bust. I mean, he's probably going to be a top seven guy. You know, that's probably the floor is seven. If he's allowed to run, he's proven he can catch the ball. I mean, he's, he's a massive dude and he kind of looks like he would have bricks for hands, but he he's shown in <laughs> limited opportunities, very limited opportunities that he can catch too. So, um, but I'm just kind of going off of what Green Bay has historically shown us for the past seven seasons, however long Aaron Jones has been in town. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with what a team shows me until they show me something different. And that's why I think the 24 first, because think about it, too. A lot of people don't like trading for running backs. And they definitely don't like trading first round picks for running backs because we we are adopting the mentality that I think good NFL teams and all of us think every NFL team should adopt 
running backs are, are replaceable. You know, get that guy. If, if you get a JT or a Christian McCaffrey or Zeke or whatever that level player, run them into the ground. Then tell them, thank you for your service. Go get as much money as you can from someone else. And then hopefully during that time, you've, you know, you've reloaded with, you know, Tony Pollard type guys and things like that, that, you know, you're not totally out, you know, if you let a guy like that go. Um, but, you know, it seems like kind of Green Bay is usually one of those teams that makes smart moves. <laughs> so uh, let's see. But uh, that that's a good one to start off with. So unfortunately, Matthew, we kind of went 50-50 here. Um, I liked your trade. Drew uh, would keep A.J. Dillon in your position, but hopefully something that either one of us said helps you out and it uh, kind of triggers something for you. Uh, you know what? We got a couple questions here. I want to hit these yeah, questions because I love when the chat brings this is from our boy, Recovering Ridley Truther. Yo, gents, in a 14-team Superflex League with analysts, is 12.02 too early to draft either Trubisky, Mariota, or Goff? Only other QBs are Fields, Justin Fields, and Mac, Mac Jones so far. So, 14 teams changes the game. If this is 12-team, I say, yo, you know what? Forget it. Don't 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 even worry about it right now. 14 team is a lot different. Scarcity is obviously a lot more. Drew and I, we're in a four, we're actually in a 14 yep. team startup right now. Um, we punted in the first round, and they just kept flying off the board to the point that when we got to the second round, there wasn't value in quarterback. And then we punted again and didn't take one to the third round, and then traded into the third round again to take. Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill, because that's that's how fast quarterbacks are going. Now, I will say there's one other thing to consider. What do your other teams look like? And does it look like a potential run is going to start? And that's kind of the thing in 14-team leagues. You're at the 1202. Oh, you are the beginning of this round. Have one or two or three quarterbacks come off already? Because if they have, you better do it now. Because probably Trubisky, Mariota, and Goff are going to be gone by the time you wrap back around. If not, and teams have been sitting on quarterbacks for, you know, three, four, five rounds, nothing's really been happening. Maybe you want to. Stretch it out a little bit. Maybe you say, oh, not this pick. There's some value wherever, running back, tight end, wide receiver, wherever you see the value. And then I'll, I'll hit those guys up next time. Now, out of those three quarterbacks, and I'll, I'll pose this question to you, Drew. This is a tough one. Because I, I think for 20 22. I think Goff is the safest pick, as funny as that is to say. But I think Trubisky gives you the most of like wild card. Like if a year in Buffalo 
with Dayball. Kind of got some things straightened out. He's got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. Like, he took bad Bears teams to the playoffs. Like, we kind of forget that. And it's fun to, like, make fun of Mitch Trubisky. I get it. But, like, he's shown that he can make Allen Robinson a wide receiver one. Like he he's done that, so and that's with like who who was the number two on that team? <laughs> like for real, who was the number two on that team? God, Darnell Mooney wasn't there. <laughs> Kevin White on you, the bench. <laughs> it could have been you. I don't even know. And, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, but obviously, we've seen bad Mitch Trubisky before. We've seen that. It, it has happened in front of our eyes. So if you want to go safe, I would say go golf. If you want that like wild card upside guy, I would go Mitch Trubisky. But probably all of these guys are either backups or not with their current team in 2023. So you're also looking at kind of a, a QB3 that is just there to, you know, and that's what they're there for. Fill in by weeks, you know, in case of an injury, blah, blah, blah. So here you go. Drew, I'm going to pose it to you now. It's 12.02 too early to go for Trubisky, Marriott, or God. If you did have to go for one of those guys, who would you go for? Uh, a, not too early, um, especially knowing you're going to have, what's the math, 24 picks until your next pick. Uh, that's just too risky to to watch those guys go off the board, and it's just that sinking feeling every time you refresh the page. So, uh, I would absolutely grab one of them, and I agree, Josh. I would go with Goff. Uh, I think he has the best shot to play the whole season. You know, Trubisky is staring down a, a picket there, and you know, Mariota. We're, we're we're hoping he can hold up for the season, but um, you know, the guy has not played in a few years. He's had his own injury pass, so. I would uh, I would go with Goff this year, and being you know a number one overall pick, he may still get another shot next year to compete at least for a starting job somewhere else. So you may have that that opportunity and upside. So yeah, I'd go and snag Goff here, and then kick back for the twenty some picks. Unless unless again you want to look at maybe trading into the back end of the twelfth round or the beginning of the thirteenth if you really like somebody here. Uh, that's the beauty of the the startup pick. Um, but you gotta you gotta have a feel for who your league mates are and what the likelihood is and what are you willing to give up to get back in to get you know to get a shot at one of those quarterbacks if you really want them after whoever you pivot to right now. There you go. And we got another one here. Uh from Tater Wolf again. This is a question from Corey. So Corey is also in junkies too. Uh question for the show. Would you sell Adams to the potential twenty-two champ? For his 23 first and second, 12-team Superflex. So if he made this trade, would have three firsts and three seconds for next year. All right, Drew. I'm, I'm going to start this one off with you since I kind of took the first uh, first shot at the last question. Are you selling Adams for 23 first and second? Not today. I'll wait until we get in the season. And if that's really going to be what puts you over the top, and uh, if that competing team really wants to make that 
you know, strong push or feel like they've got maybe three wide receiver ones to carry them this year, then they will give you more than that 23 first, I believe. I know 23 firsts are really hard to get and their pricing is outrageous. But when the rubber meets the road and it's time to start looking at wins and losses, points, playoff seating, I think we're, you know, you'll get you get to a point where you'll have the leverage will shift, especially if Adams does what he's capable of doing. And, you know, if he and Carr rekindle that connection, uh, I think the Raiders are going to be sneaky good this year. I think some a lot of it will depend on their defense in that division. But uh, I think it's going to be a good year for a lot of those guys on the Raiders, um, including Adams, who's just, you know, probably he's got to be a top two or three wide receiver in the NFL at this point, uh, just with how, how good he is at getting, getting separation, getting open. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I would, I would wait personally. Uh, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Uh, listen, Devonte Adams. His value is probably the lowest it's going to be all season, barring an injury. He's not playing right now. He's not getting anybody any points. So the value is down. It happens. It may not be down a lot, but it's down. And guess what? If Devontae Adams is wide receiver one, wide receiver two, come week 10, when teams are really assessing, I have a shot. Can I win in the playoffs? Guess what? You're going to have more than just the potential 22 champ knocking on your door. That guy in second place is going to knock on your door. That guy in third place is going to knock on your door. And they have already told themselves a story that Devontae Adams is a piece that can get them from third to first, from second to first, and win the whole thing. And guess what? There are teams sometimes that are like going to pull into that sixth spot who think all they need is Devontae Adams to win them the whole damn mm-hmm. thing. It, it happens mm-hmm. every year. I have done it myself. I have fooled myself into thinking that as a six seed, all I need is a big-time name and a little bit of luck, and I can win a championship. And sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. So I think you're going to have more than just one guy knocking on your door if Devontae Adams does what we've seen Devontae Adams do on the regular. Um, so hold. you know. And Drew, you said you said you think the, the Raiders are going to be sneaky good. The funny thing is, is that the Raiders were real sneaky good last year because mm-hmm. we have all forgotten that they were a playoff team. They almost beat the yep. Bengals in the first round, the AFC representative to the Super Bowl. Like we've kind of mm. forgotten about. This. I get it. The AFC East has been where like every Pro, Pro Bowl player has like gone to reside now, you know. We have, you know, wide receivers, you know, heading over there. We got, you know, defensive ends. We have linebackers. You know, anybody that's a big name, they've come over there. And Devontae Adams is one of those guys. And he's got probably the most talent around him to actually take defenses away from him. Hunter Renfro was a wide receiver one last year for fantasy. Darren Waller is, you know, at worst, a top five tight end in all of our startup drafts and you know Scott Fish Bowls and all that. So that, that's the most talent. Yeah, does he get a downgrade at quarterback? Sure he does. But he played with that guy in college. So 
at least there's not going to be a big learning curve of, all right, what do you do in this situation? Where are you going to go in this option? They kind of know that stuff already. So uh, there you go. And I'm going to, I'm going to just go through some of these. Oh, talking about um, bell cow backs for the Packers. Here you go from Jason real. Wasn't last Lacey, 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 the last bell cow (laughs) back they had. I, I think that's right. I mean, Big, Big Eddie is right, man. That dude was uh, that dude was one plate away from uh, three hundred at all times. So uh, there you go. Uh, trying to see anything else. This is an interesting one here. Tater Wolf, you know, he replied and said, "Good point. Hold out for the twenty three and twenty four first. What if what if the offer was up to a twenty three and twenty four first now for this team? Would you do that now, or would you still wait?" I'd do it because I think that's going to be what max value is. I think max value is going to be two first because mm-hmm. he's going to be, what, 29? Yeah. What is yeah. he right now? He's 28 right now, right? He's got to be, yeah. He's got to be up there. So, yeah, I mean, you can tell Corey, if he can, if he wants to counter for that 23 and 24 first, I think Josh and I would both go after that now for Devontae Adams and see yeah. if that competing team wants to lock him up. Yeah, you know. If someone wants to make the big offer now, let them do it and and take your win. Um, but if you know first and a second, is it is it a a good deal or is it a, it's not it's not a crazy deal. It's not like you know you're like, well, what is this guy thinking? Like a first and a second, that's ridiculous. You know, it's a, worth a lot more. But I think you know again, like I said, barring injury, and that's anybody barring injury. I think the deal can be a whole lot better. So, um, you know, hold out. You know, I know he's older and I know, you know, rebuild sometimes they they panic because they go, I got this old guy. I got to get rid of him right now. Doesn't always need to be right now. So you, you kind of have to read the, the tea leaves. You know, you got to say, all right, this isn't, you know, some of the guys we were talking about before with the bears, you know, this is a guy who, who is been established for multiple years, multiple wide receiver one years. We know that he has, you know, all the talent in the world to be wide, wide receiver one, not a wide receiver one, but the wide receiver one. And you don't want to off right away just because someone sent you a deal and he's old and you're rebuilding because you'll be pretty mad if, you know, Week three, he has three straight 100-yard games. He has, you know, four touchdowns. And you're like, oh, I definitely would have gotten more for him at this point. So uh, there you go. So let's uh, let's go right back to the show sheet here. All right, this is a good one from Jake Estes at Dynasty Jake. 12-team Dynasty one point PPR. Who are you taking? Sky Moore or Antonio Gibson? And this is going to play into kind of a larger point that I'm getting into, but we'll answer the question first and then I'll kind of take us down a road here. Um, Drew, why don't you go first again since I'm going to take us down a road? Is it Sky Moore or is it Antonio Gibson? This is this is harder than I, I thought it would be. 
uh, at first glance. I think ultimately I, I still land with Antonio Gibson. I think he'll still be a good running back this year. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be the bell cow that we thought or we hoped he would be after his rookie year. But um, you know, I get it. Sky Moore has uh, has Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. We have uh, you know some more opportunities there with Tyreek out of the way. But it's just so hard to guess who's after Kelsey, who's going to be the per- the person there. So. I think the conservative side of me says I'll take Gibson. I'll take his involvement. If he's, you know, even if he scales back a little bit this year, I think he's talented enough to be pretty efficient. Um, so I'll, I'll take another, another season or two of, of decent scoring from Gibson in most cases, uh, unless I'm just absolutely flush at running back. All right. Let me ask you another question that is not on the show sheet. Would you trade? You haven't you haven't had a rookie draft yet. Would you trade Antonio Gibson for the 109? I would probably rather have Antonio Gibson. Okay. Cause I think that the community will probably take the 109 especially since we have the knowledge of the actual NFL draft in our pocket saying, okay, they drafted Brian Robinson and they obviously made a good enough pitch to JD McKissick to steal him from your Buffalo bills. So they're obviously still all in on this. Antonio Gibson is never going to be, even partially <laughs> a a bell cow back or a lead back. This is a uh, running back by committee, which is so funny considering what uh, Ron Rivera said when uh, when Antonio Gibson first got drafted that he was uh, he was CMC. We all laughed, but boy, did they did they totally take that in another direction? <laughs> um. I think like the 109 at that point. I think I I think I am. Like give me the pick. <coughs> Excuse me. Um because we I love Antonio Gibson. I love the talent that he shows on the field. But Washington doesn't love him as much as I do. And that and that's what I got to look at. I got to look at how the team plans on using him. Uh, and the team plans on, you know, not using him in the way that we want. He's not going to get any important touch that we like our running backs to get. He's not going to get the receptions. He's not going to get the goal, the goal line stuff. And at that point, it's like, all right, well, unless he's going to average five yards of carry, like, what are we, what are we doing with this guy? So now that, uh, you know, I just said the 109 because I think that's what his ADP is in, in uh, rookie drafts. Uh, Sky Moore. I love some Sky Moore. I, didn't get, I don't think I got any Sky Moore, which makes me very, mm. very sad. But I love some Sky Moore, man. I, I love that dude. I think he's going to be so good. Uh, so in this situation, 
also takes uh, it takes Sky more. I like I like the fact that we're not agreeing on stuff. It make, makes the show a little bit more fun. Uh, but yeah, man, I think Sky Moore is is so good. And he came out of Central Michigan, so we you know we didn't talk about him. We didn't have you know all the hype piece like we did for the the Garrett Wilsons coming out of Ohio State and the Jameson Williams coming out of uh, and Chris Olave also coming out of Ohio State. You know we didn't have you know a ton of pieces on him because Central Michigan, Central Michigan, who cares? But he is good. I like him a lot, and you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, well, we'll have to see. I almost, I almost if thought I, if I knew, if I knew that I had somebody in my league that was as in the sky more as you are, which I guess there seems to be a person or two because he, his ADP is up there, and uh, Tater Wolf here is saying even up to the one hundred and seven. Uh, then I, I think there could be uh, something to be said about, yes, take the pick. And then, you know what, I, w- I would definitely do the legwork to move that pick and see what I can get out of you to get to get your precious sky more and let me move back into the you know top of the second and gain some value somewhere else. But yeah, if it's straight up 107, like Tater Wolf says, I would take the 107. I would take Chris Olave there. I would not take Sky Moore. Um, or again, depending on who else. Oh, fell, but I, w- I would take Sky Moore. Uh, but I've been on record about how I feel about Chris Olave. So I would take Sky Moore. How, how did you not Chris get any Olave. Sky Moore if you feel this good about him? You're in enough leagues that you should – you've had enough uh, picks throughout the you first know why, shot at him. You know why? Because any of the leagues that I that I had a high pick in, I didn't have the 101 anywhere. So it was usually like 102, 103. I couldn't trade those things if my life depended on it. I tried every which way. And everybody was like, no, there's like se- there's like seven other guys that I feel just as good as whoever you're gonna take at 102. So uh the trade game was hard. Or I was at the back of the round <laughs> and Sky Moore wasn't making it there. And you know, I guess I-, I didn't really try to trade up a lot just because I was like, you know what? There's a bunch of guys I like. <laughs> So why get, why this. give up additional assets? So, or I traded them for actual players, which I actually, I think I did that a lot more than I did, you know, trying to trade up, but, uh, you know, well, we'll see. I know I'm, I'm very much on an Island cause I see, uh, I see some of the Chris Olave love pouring in. Um, I know I'm very much on an Island, uh, with Chris Olave, but, um, we'll see in a couple of years, uh, one side will be right. Either the community will be right. And I'm an idiot or, you know, I knew it all the long, I knew it all along. And, uh, you know, it's not for me to rub it in anybody's face. Cause we all, we're all just, uh, I heard, I can't remember who it is. And I feel bad. I heard it on another podcast. We're all just guessing here. <laughs> Even with all the information that we have, we're all still just guessing. So, um, Let's hit up this next one. Uh, this is from Fantasy U at Fantasy U365. Who would you draft first? Cam Akers or Travis Etienne? So two guys that got hurt last year. Um, one of them came back uh, in the playoffs. Uh, the other one, his team did not make the playoffs, so there was no reason for him to come back. Um, but it's a new year. 
uh, who do you like here? Is it is it Cam Akers, who everybody I think in the world loves except for Rocky and I, or is it Travis Etienne, which I think everyone in the world loves except for Rocky <laughs> and me. Oh, you're not a Travis. Uh, Etienne I would take Cam. I'm not a big ETN fan. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out uh, as a rookie. And then I, I think his injury is uh, a little more unpredictable. We've seen, you know, we're starting to see some of the Achilles injuries. Uh, people work through those, some taking longer than others. Uh, and Akers did not look great coming back. But the fact is he came back to game shape. Uh, it was not elite and he didn't perform uh, like we expected him to, but another seven, eight months since the last time that he played. Uh, I think uh, I would feel if I had, if I was pressed to take one or the other, I would take cam pretty easily over ETN at this point. All right. So this is tough. And I remember talking to Rocky about this last year after ETN got drafted in the first by the uh, the Jags. I said, look, we don't know. You know, he said it was a terrible pick and all this stuff. And I said, we don't really know until the games get played. So Travis ETN becomes a Hall of Famer. Nobody's going to say the pick was bad. It, they're, they're just not, you know. Now, if the guy's out of the league in three years and, you know, he was never any good when he was on the field, it's a, it's a really bad pick, you know. You remember, Jamarcus Russell and Calvin Johnson went back-to-back. Back. <laughs> Think about that. And two totally different trajectories of their careers. I have warmed a little bit on Travis Etienne because my thing was always, all right, well, excuse me. What is, you know, what is Travis Etienne's role? Like, what is he going to do? Sorry, I got a little hair uh, stuck in my throat. Um, Because I didn't know what Irving was going to do. It was just kind of, we kind of saw it in the beginning. <laughs> Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was the unanimous number one pick. I don't think anyone was really arguing that. But they had two first-round picks and a lot of needs, and they decided to go to running back when they already had James Robinson, who proved that he could play. Mm-hmm. But this year, there's no James Robinson. He's He's hurt, you know. People are like, he might come back at this time. He might come back at this time. We don't know. We don't know how his body's going to take to the injury. We don't know how his rehab's going to go. We don't know if setbacks are going to happen. And by the time he's ready to play, Jacksonville might be very well out of it. And they just go, all right, we're going to shut you down for the whole year. We want you back to not 85 or 90%. We want you back at 100%. We're just going to shut you down. I like the fact that T-Law and ETN played in college. So 
It's nice to have a guy out there when things break down. You know where he's going to be. You know what he's going to do. You know what his tendencies are. Especially when literally pretty much your whole receiving core is different than, than it was last year. I mean, they spent money. I don't know if they did it well, but they <laughs> So, you know, I, I like that about him. And honestly, I feel like the Cam Akers hype has always been a little bit too much. Like, a little bit too much. We've, we've made this guy a top 10 guy. And, you know, barring maybe a handful of games, he's never, he's never proven himself to be a top 10 guy. He hasn't. The, I and mean, the stats say so. So, I guess I, in a way, I'm taking the unknown over the known. Like, I think Cam Akers will be a fine running back, an okay running back. But for where I have to take him, I'd rather, I'd rather take Travis Etienne a couple rounds later. Let me fill up at a, let me fill up in those two rounds with some other guys that are better. And uh, then I'll take Travis Etienne and we'll see what happens. But here we go. I like this. I, I missed this, but I want to put it up here real quick from the chat. Recovering Ridley Truther. If Moore has more receptions than Olave, Drew's got to put it 20 miles on that sweet Peloton in the background. I think that should be bonus content if Sky Moore has more receptions than Chris Olave. You put you put in a 20 pack on the old Peloton. What do you say, Drew? That's gonna be one boring episode. No, man, because we'll we'll have people come in. We'll we'll have guys from and girls from the DAT network come in. We'll you know we'll do commentary uh, on your ride. Maybe we'll. Do that might also show. be a month's month's worth of episodes <laughs> to get to twenty miles. <laughs> might have maybe, to break that up into payments. There you go. And maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll do a show while you're biking in the background, and then toss questions <laughs> to you while you're. While you're biking and see if uh, if your cardio is good enough to uh, answer questions while you're uh, while you're on the peloton, uh, that was a good one though. Uh, really true there. Um, we, we might we might be able to work something out there. Might not be twenty miles, but we might be able to do some. But um, all right, here's here's another one here from Motown Matt at whatever twenty four twenty four twenty four. Usually I'm not a fan of all the numbers, but at least it was like very easy to read. Easy. So, so Motown, Matt, you get a pass from my normal rant about this stuff. All right, this is a 12-team Superflex PPR Dynasty League. T. Higgins and Saquon Barkley for Kyler Murray. Tough. What you think, Josh? Actually, no, it's not. I'm going with Kyler. Like, like, you know, like I said, it's 12-team. There's not that quarterback scarcity that you're usually worried about. But um, Kyler, Kyler is he's a first-round pick, man. In every startup, he's what, at worst, probably a top-eight quarterback. And if I'm not getting a quarterback in return, there, there. Yeah, give me more than T. Higgins, who I love. I love T. Higgins. He's actually my, you know, spoiler alert, he's my wide receiver one in SFB. So 
I I really like T. Higgins. But you're giving me the wide receiver too. Yeah, on a good offense, on a really good offense. But it's not Jamar Chase. And then you're giving me Saquon Barkley. He, you know, he he's just he's CMC NFC East. Dude, it's listen, I hear all this stuff. Oh, it was a freak injury here, and it was a this injury there, and it takes a year to do this, and it takes but guess what, man? Like, I don't like running backs that consistently get injured. <laughs> I, I just don't. Running back is a tough position. It, it's, you know, it's a position where guys get hurt all the time, which is why we don't really see bell cow backs anymore. We see committees because you can't rely on one guy to, to keep you in it because if they get hurt, you got nothing else going on. So, yeah, you have that too. Nah, man, this is this is Kyler for me all day. Um, what do you think, Drew? You you on? Please tell me you're on the other side. We've been disagreeing most of the day today. So, <laughs> are you are you gonna keep it going? No, I, going with- <laughs> I am I am on Kyler's side here pretty easily. I, I don't know if people are scared about him going to play baseball or what, but yeah, I mean you're taking T Higgins, who you know in a 12 team startup is going where maybe in the fourth round. Yeah. He's he's probably a top fifty player, right? Top sixty players, so a top four yeah. or five rounds. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a top they, fifty. Yeah, yeah, and he might even be going before Saquon in some drafts, depending on how your how your league mates wouldn't look be surprised. at running back here, right? Wouldn't be surprised. You're looking at Saquon, who I think for most people is on his last chance to to prove he is who we all thought he was coming out of Penn State for Kyler, who again maybe hasn't lived up to all the hype and all the expectations, but. Yes, is is easily a top 10 quarterback any given season, any given week. Um, has the opportunity to be the quarterback one in any given week uh, based on the weapons that he will have, um, his legs. So I put this up here because, uh, and I didn't put the percentages on here because uh, I, I didn't want to throw you off too bad. But currently when I put this on about uh, an hour and a half ago, it was 61% in favor of the package and only 39% that said Kyler. Hmm. So a, a three to do ratio here. So if hmm. you've got T Higgins, who a lot of people are in love with, which rightfully so, he's not even the wide receiver too. He, he's the one B on that team. Right. And that's the beauty of that duo is you can't just take away Jamar chase and you can't just take away T Higgins. You got to do the whole bill Belichick thing probably, which is double team chase and put your best DB on Higgins. But even then, you assume Mixon or somebody else on that team is going to hurt you. So I, the T. Higgins love, I think, is 100% uh, legitimate. But then a declining running back, I mean, you'd have to throw in. I, I don't know what it would be for you, but, um, I mean, does Mac Jones, if you add Mac Jones to this package, does it make it close enough for you? Or does that tip the scales enough to, to take the package at that point in a 12-team? I'm seriously so starting 10 th- plus. I'm seriously thinking about it if you put Mac Jones on there. I'm not saying I'm for sure accepting, but I'm seriously sitting down and kind of going back and forth about this. I'm not sure where I would land Trevor depending Lawrence. on my team. What's that? Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're done. We're done. I'm making that deal. Okay, yeah. There. For sure. <laughs> okay, there. Yeah. We're making that deal. So, yeah. So, there's there's room there. So, yeah. I was just uh, – I was taking it back a little bit to see. I thought that maybe, the, you know, maybe Twitter was doing math wrong. but. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. That That's Kyler for me uh, almost every time. So here's a question, and I'm trying to come up with like a like alternative to this trade. And I'm, I'm I guess the wide repeat receiver part is stumping me, but I'll use this example because I think once Chris Godwin comes back, Mike Evans falls back into the wide receiver too on a very good offense. If you make this, it, would you make this deal if it was? Mike Evans and Nick Chubb? No. No, it would have to be something like uh, probably C.D. Lamb and Nick Chubb. Well, see, what I, what I was trying to do is find that. Uh, the second guy on it? The second guy, which I know Hig- mm. uh, Evans is a downgrade from Higgins, but then yeah. try to upgrade the running back a little bit to see if that would gotcha. switch things around. So that's why I was struggling with the wide receiver part of it because I was like, well, technically Mike Evans is the wide receiver one right now until yeah. Chris Godwin gets back. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it, it's like one of those things where, yeah, I need, I need a better, I need better at both. If I'm not getting a, co- a quarterback mm-hmm. in return, I need a better receiver and I need a better running back. So I was just, yeah. Flip it, but still kind of keep the same essence of the deal and see if that changed anything. Yeah. And um yeah, it's just without getting a, without getting a quarterback in return, and I know twelve team leagues are different. And if you somehow maybe this is like a league that's like four or five years old, and maybe you have, you know, Josh Allen and Kyler and Deshaun Watson and maybe Kirk Cousins. Maybe you have those four guys between startups and rookie drafts. Okay. I I can see you saying I don't need a quarterback in return for a guy like Kyler, but I still need, you know, I still need that mega value. You know, I still need, you know, Jamar Chase and Saquon or T. Higgins and who's the normal RB two? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I you got to get to like a Najee. Yeah, there you go. So, like, maybe like T. Higgins and Najee. I don't even think that does it. You know, I think you have to like you have to get like another first round guy. And who besides quarterbacks are going in the first round? It's usually J.T. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Maybe one more guy sneaks in there sometimes, but I think it's a lot of quarterbacks and then like those three guys for sure. So um, good question though. Um, it's always good to kind of break that stuff down and see how we would approach it um, from our vantage point. But let's do it. I said it at the beginning. We're going to start with SFB. We're going to end with SFB. Mm. Um, I want you to start first, Drew. Um, tell us your division where you are in the draft right now and how much do you team currently? So I am in uh, the Nashville division here and uh, we've got a fun group. We've got a pretty active chat going on uh, on the side. Uh, a lot of uh, joking around with some terrible players that we should be taking when we're struggling, trying to figure out who to pick. But um 
But yeah, I think overall, uh, we are sitting on the 710 right now. I'm picking out of the 11 spot. I wanted to be toward the end of the first round with the third round reversal. Uh, didn't want to get all the way back to back to back picks and have to wait the full 22 picks between. Uh, so the 11 was my compromise. And, uh, and I, I like my team pretty well. Uh, definitely went a little differently than my, my previous builds. Last couple of years I've gone, I think last year I went later in, in the, in the round as well because of the third round reversal. But, um, you know, when I think quarterback fell differently last year. So I think I had, I forgot who I had. I might've gotten Burrow or something like that a little bit later. Cause he was coming off injury, took him end of the first. And then I had Stafford to pair with him. But uh, this year got to the one eleven, and it was, I think it was nine quarterbacks taken at that point. Actually, let me go back and I can tell you exactly. Yep. Let's go here. Uh, Josh Allen. Uh, surprise pick at 102. Travis Kelsey went 102. I have, I've uh, seen then, that in other divisions, yeah. Then Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, Rogers, Dak, Brady, Kyler. So I'm sorry. So nine of the first 10 picks were quarterbacks, minus Travis Kelsey. Uh, so then it got to me after Kyler Murray goes, and I'm sitting there looking at pretty much anything that I want. And the the tight end premium isn't as heavy as some other leagues. It's not like the two-point premium. It's the extra half point, and then it's the extra half point for the first down, which which right. matters. Um, but it's not that consistent, like, two-point premium. So I, I passed on Andrews, and I decided to go with running back one. It's redraft. I'll take Jonathan Taylor at the 11 spot all day, risking that I was going to get a quarterback that I liked. And, you know, funny story, sitting here at the 11th pick again, and I was staring at Russ Wilson after our startup, uh, and uh, I, I rolled the dice again, and this time <laughs> it worked out. Oh, where uh, I got Russ on the turn at 202. Staff, it was going to be Russ or Stafford. That's why I was hoping. I was hoping the guy at the 112 wasn't going to get double dip on quarterback and take both of them. But even then, I had my I had my contingency. I would have taken uh, probably Jalen Hurts as my QB one then at the 202 uh, for this year. So I had a plan in place, but uh, I ended up going with Plan A, which was. Uh, Got JT first round and then got Russ in the second. Then it was the 12 pick weight to the 302. And I'm watching all these, all these position players go. Uh, Kirk Cousins went at 206. Derek Carr went at 207. Um, you know, Andrews, Justin Jefferson went at 208. Mark Andrews, 209, which is, I think, great value there. Uh, then Diggs and Eckler and then Swift. And I'm sitting here at 302 thinking, do I take a guy like Trey Lance? Do I take a guy like Trevor Lawrence? I, I listened to the episode with you and Bill last week thinking about, okay, who's kind of that QB2 target that maybe I need to look at. Uh, but I'm sitting there looking at uh, Jamar Chase at 302, who I think is has a shot to be the wide receiver one this year. I know we talked about Devontae Adams could be there, uh, but I, I could not pass up on Jamar Chase at 302. So I rolled the dice. Rolled the dice and took Jamar Chase uh, over guys like Dalvin Cook, Kyle Pitts, Trey Lance, and Devontae Adams, who went next. So now I wait the 20 picks and go all the way, thinking, okay, maybe we'll have another little quarterback run in here. And I'm really going to be looking at like 
Daniel Jones as my quarterback mm-hmm. too, uh, among other names. And uh, I know we're about to go over Rocky's team here, but we have George Kittle and then Dalton Schultz taken at the 407, which I, I love to see. Uh, and then I'm going down here and I get to the 411. Javante got taken at the 409, which I was eyeballing him, waiting to see if he would get to me. Um, and then I, I'm sitting here looking at the likes of Jalen Waddle, TJ Hawkinson. AJ Brown, T Higgins was there, which crushed me because I would have loved to have taken T Higgins at that value, but I, I had to take his teammate when I had the chance earlier. Uh, so I went with uh, who I think is going to have a, another very good year, even with even with Tyreek there. And this is another duo we could have probably uh, hypothesized about. So if you had a Jalen Waddle and a Nick Chubb, right, or if you had a Jalen Waddle and a Najee Harris, is that enough to move to? Right. To Kyler, I still don't think so, but it makes more sense at least. Yeah. Um, so I I rolled the dice and I, I pushed quarterback for another couple picks and I picked up Jalen Waddle, who I think is going to have a lot of receptions. I think he's going to have his fair share of first downs for Tua this year on third down. Um, and then at the 502, I was lucky. Uh, I was looking at Trevor Lawrence was still there. Mac Jones was still out there. Matt Ryan was still out there. Tannehill was still out there. Okay, uh, and I, I got to Mac Jones at five hundred two because T Law went at five hundred one. Okay, so from there the long wait to the six eleven, and uh, this series of picks at six hundred five, six hundred six, and six hundred seven crushed me. I thought maybe one of these guys would make it to me. Monty went, Deontay went, and then Josh Jacobs went all in a row. I thought maybe that value would slip, but uh, my consolation prize at six eleven was J.K. Dobbins. Okay, as my running back to to go with J.T. I could have taken Antonio Gibson. I could have taken Brandon Cooks, but I went with my RB two at Dobbins. Rolled the dice because I, I texted you on the side, and at yeah. seven oh two, my latest pick, my consolation prize for my wide receiver three, one DK Metcalf. Let's go. Let's go with DK Metcalf. So I, I know he's a little polarizing this year, and we've talked about him on a few episodes. I think he's shown enough with different quarterbacks that I don't think Drew Locke or Jimmy G or whoever's going to be in that seat is going to hurt him too bad this year. I think he's hey. going to get his, and it's going to be a lot of fun every week slotting him in. It's going to be an auto, auto lineup set to have those three wide receivers start. And let's and remember, let, let's remember, you you brought Jimmy G's name into this. Jimmy G made Brandon Ayuk a thing for a year. Remember how we were all talking coming into the season last season? Brandon Ayuk is going to be that dude. Draft him. And I said, you know, I don't think Brandon Ayuk is going to be that dude. A lot of people disrespected me, but that's fine. But Jimmy G did that, you know. We, I'm not saying he's a great quarterback or a great fantasy quarterback, but Debo was a thing, and yeah, some of it was due to rushing, but like he had to catch the ball too. He didn't just do it all in the rush game. Like Jimmy G did that. So I think if Jimmy G ends up in Seattle, like I don't think we're gonna be like, oh man, you know, DK Metcalf has no shot of being a top twelve guy because we've seen Jimmy G. 
have make some good fantasy wide receivers. Uh, so I, a side I, note, I like side note. While we're while we're there, sorry. What, you think Jimmy G does anything for no offense value? That's a good. That's actually a really good question. This is tough because I would say no, based on the offense. But the offense has never really had a Noah Fant tight tight end. I mean, they had Jimmy. They, I almost said Jimmy G, Jimmy Graham for a season. <laughs> yeah, or actually for multiple seasons. And I think he did have one good season in Seattle. Yeah, it was red zone but heavy. He, but he was he was on his last leg. He was on his way out. Um, and then you know we're talking about the the Will Disleys of the world and and you know all the guys that we kind of just we make jokes about. So. I think Jimmy G could do could really do something for Noah Fant because I I don't I, I, the thing is, is that I don't think he can do anything for Tyler Lockett because the kind of the mind meld thing that Russell Wilson and, and Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. had was more down the field stuff and that's not Jimmy Garoppolo's game yeah. so I think that I think yeah. that's the guy who would get hurt in the receiving game if Jimmy G went to Seattle. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think so because at the end of the day, no matter how you're running the offense, you, you have to get it to somebody besides DK Metcalf. And I yep. think, you know, you don't want that guy who can, you know, get across the middle and get open and, you know, kind of fight through the trash and, you know, super athletic. And that's what um, that's what Noah Fan is. So, yeah, I think he could definitely pump some value into Noah Fan. I don't think we'll talk about it in that way if it happens, but I think it is kind of a sneaky, like, all right, maybe maybe he moves up a spot or two depending on what your rankings are. Yeah. So, um, I can get on board with that. Sorry. No, no, no. All good. All good. I love I love the conversation. So this is this is what I like about SFB is that we're all playing the same game, same rules. But man, every division is its own little snowflake, its own little flower. It's different. You said, you said what? Eight out of your first ten were uh, nine. quarterbacks. Nine. Nine out of your first ten. Nine. Okay. Out of twelve, out of a twelve-team division that we're all in, we have four non-quarterbacks going the first round. And we started at the top, one hundred and one. JT, not a quarterback. And then we get we kept it we kept it spicy because at one hundred two, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. How about Lamar Jackson at one hundred two? So at one hundred three, the gift was given and the gift was receiving receiving. Yeah, I said it of Josh oh, Allen. Josh oh Allen God. to 103. Um, but at 107, Austin Eckler. Who was a guy I was actually considering with the 201 if it went QB heavy? I was considering Austin Eckler at 201. But it didn't go QB heavy. Then, wow, 109. Then we, then we went 
to 111. We've, we have talked smack on this guy all offseason. Christian McCaffrey, 111. So Love to see it. Big ups to my division because they gave me – they didn't give me one gift. They said, we like you so much, we're going to give you two gifts. So I took my man, Dak Prescott. Come get it. Loved him last year in this, in this scoring format. I'm going to love him again this year in this scoring format. And then Tom Brady at 201. And okay, I, I knew he was going to be the second guy. Actually, that's not true because I was debating between him and Russ. But I knew he was going to be the guy, or I knew he was the guy I should have taken when I went on Twitter. And I saw people who were like, I took Tom Brady at 106. I took Tom Brady at 107, 108. And I was like, oh, wow. So this wasn't just a me thing. A few people kind of had this idea of taking Tom Brady early on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that was... That was 109 in your division. So there you go. So get him at 201. I was happy about it. Um, You mentioned Josh Jacobs. He just went with the most recent pick in my division at 711. Oh. So if if that's that would have been my pick. If that's not a kick, a kick in the uh, in the groin, right? I don't know what is, but. Um, good for good for you, whoever that is. So, with that third round reversal, I I did have the chance for Jamar Chase, who, just like in your in your division in three hundred two, he went. But at three hundred one, um, I have a very specific plan when I uh, come into the fishbowl, and I'm keeping my plan very similar to what I did last year since I made it to the semifinals last year. Uh, I took Dalvin Cook at 301. Uh, okay. He has he has come out and said recently that he's a big fan of the offense, the way they've been running it, so on and so forth. Um, and then you know what happens. You get that 301, that reversal, then you wait. And you wait. And 22 you wait. picks. And you wait. You keep waiting. 412, I didn't know what was going to be there. You know who I didn't expect to be there? I didn't expect. They gave me two gifts. And then you know what was under my my Christmas tree? An AK-47. Alvin Kamara at 412. And I said, (laughs) well, dang. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go. Um. And then I followed that up right away at the 501, like I told you, my uh, my wide receiver one, who was T. Higgins. Um, and we wrapped it back around. Love that. Um, we wrapped it back around. And in the sixth, 612, I departed from my strategy. I had a very – I had a very uh, – very set strategy where I was going to go QB early and then I was going to get one running back until Evan Kamara was there at 412 and I said okay I can't, I can't pass this up um 
then hit up some wide receivers and then, you know, like round maybe eight, nine, ten, hit that tight end. The tight end is all good for me. But at 6-12, TJ Hawkinson was just hanging out. He was waving. He was like, hey, man, how you doing? Good God. And I was like, let me let me get that. Can I go to the store and can I get a discount TJ Hawkinson? And it worked. I got that DJ that uh that discount TJ Hawkinson. And then I followed that up in the seventh, the 701 with uh Terry McLaurin. So okay. I feel like I have uh two high floor wide receivers. And um I got my tight end, which I wasn't expecting to have right now. So I'm, I'm kind of reevaluating nice. everything and seeing how it looks. But I'm very happy with my team. And I actually saw someone tweet, you know, who, you know, who's been drafting an SFB and isn't happy with their team. But I'm like, man, I got, I got probably two top 10 guys at quarterback in this, uh, in this thing. I got two guys that'll probably be top seven running backs, barring injury and suspensions. And then, you know, I got what? A top five tight end, most likely, if he's healthy, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. The the wide receivers are like, you know, are high floor guys. You know, probably, you know, both of these guys are going to be around that wide receiver 15 ish. That's my top two guys, you know, are going to be in that, you know, that, that, 13 to 17 range. So pretty I'm pretty happy with it right now. But but pretty we got good. one more on the way out because Let's do it. we 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 got to. And this is from our boy, friend of the show, that network brother, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. He said, Hey, you guys want to talk about SFB. He said, roast my team. And I said, I don't even know what his team looks like. He added a picture. With pleasure. I said, I said okay. I said, roast my team. Okay. So I'm going to read off uh, the picks, the players, and then uh, where, where they were at their position, where they were taken at their position. So 111. So Rocky is a fellow 11 like yourself, Drew. Um, Yep. He took the eighth quarterback off the board in Jalen Hurts. How do you feel about that, Drew? We were actually talking about this in our 111 chat because uh, I was debating at 111 between JT, Hurts, and Russ. I was really between JT and Russ. But then at the 202, Hurts was still there. So I was between Hurts and Russ at the 202. And there were uh, a couple of people that chimed in, including Rocky, that said they're taking Hurts for this year, um, which I think for a redraft, I don't hate it. Um, I think the two quarterbacks that he's got will be really good. It's uh, the person at the turn didn't take a quarterback uh, in his division, so he got the QB eight and the QB nine, which uh, I think he's got a good upside guy with Hurts and the running uh, the running floor there. And then I think he's uh, he's got your guy, Dak, who I think should be a very, very solid quarterback in this format. So I, I love that combo. Um, 
I chose to go a different direction because I wanted uh, what I thought would be maybe a little bit more stability first and consistency in Russ. But uh, I don't, I don't mind the duo that he's got at all. Yeah, so like I said, I, I love the fact that every division is is different. Um, I guess a lot of people in my division felt about Jalen Hurts like I feel about Jalen Hurts because he wasn't taken to the 208 in my division. Wow. So That's great a, value for whoever got that. A full round after, uh, almost a full round after where Rocky got him. Mm-hmm. Um, J- Jalen Hurts is kind of like, an enigma to me. And here's the reason why. Um, I don't think he's a good real life quarterback, but obviously we don't care about that. We care what he, what he does for fantasy, but what is he, what is he going to be this year? And this is what I mean by that question. We all say he can run, he can run really well. He can run a lot, but the moves that, Philly made makes it seem like they want Jalen Hurts to throw the ball more. They get AJ Green or AJ Green, Lord have mercy. AJ Brown, sorry about that. AJ Brown in a draft day trade. They already have Devonta Smith, who was good last year, was a really good yep. uh, wide receiver. Um, you know. Are they going to ask Hertz to run less and throw more? Because if that's the case, I don't know how to feel about his value at that point. That that would worry me a little bit. So, like you said, Drew, it worries me taking him in the first because there's some question marks there. And I don't want that in the first round of a... Now, if I'm wrong... And he runs even more. <laughs> or if he greatly improves on his passing and he does kind of like a, a Josh Allen thing. And we've heard Rocky say before, Jalen Hurts will be Josh Allen. So maybe that's what he was thinking at 111. Um, then, yeah, then it's like you you got yourself, you know, a guy that can help you win this whole thing. But I like to keep it safe. I like to I like to throw my you know my wild card. Okay, here you go Lindsay. I took Dak and then Hurts. And hey, if you're gonna listen to anybody, listen to Lindsay because I think she was like top twenty or something last year. Um, mm-hmm. She did better. She did better than I did. I know that, and I I made it to the semifinals. So um, she did pretty damn yep. good last year. Listen to her. Don't listen to me. So uh, Rocky Rocky is cheating off of Lindsay's work. Good. Good. I mean. It's a smart thing for him to do. I mean, I would. Um, so like you said, he went back-to-back quarterback with his first two picks. Then he goes back-to-back running back. At 302, he gets the fifth running back off the board in Joe Mixon. And then at 411, he gets the 15th running back off the board in Alvin Kamara. So he got the fourth-round pick of or the fourth-round gift of Alvin Kamara as well. How do you feel about Joe Mixon as RB5? That seems a little rich to me. But maybe I'm wrong. Drew, am I am I wrong? Is I, it, is I, it, I, don't, I don't hate it for redraft. Uh, I mean, they've upgraded their line. They've got a potent offense. They're going to be competing. Uh, so, I mean, you, you're assuming what? J, JT went before, probably Najee. 
maybe Swift. And then who, who else would go ahead of him? So let, I, I will read off the running backs in the order that they went in, in my division. Uh, JT, Austin Eckler, uh, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, uh, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, and then Joe Mixon. So it looks like about seven or eight guys went off the board before Joe Mixon. And I think you can I argue that Mixon before a couple of those guys. Yeah. Would you? All right. Let's 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 play a quick game here. Uh, Mixon or Cook? Uh, coin flip. Probably Cook has a little bit more upside. I'm glad you came up with the right answer there. Um, Mixon or Najee? Uh, I could be convinced to take Mixon over Najee in a new offense, with a new quarterback potentially there. Uh, Mixon or King Henry? Again, I I would be fine either way. I think there's a group after the top, like maybe three guys. So after, and I, yeah, I mean, you know where I where I feel about CMC. He can, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. he shouldn't be anywhere near the top five, even for no. a redraft. But after JT, after, yeah, I probably, I yeah, I, I should probably take Najee over Mixon based on volume. You assume. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I I don't think there. I think after maybe your top three or four, it's it's pretty much a cluster based on. Who you believe in, um, you know. Again, depending on your team build, if you don't want to overlap too many, um, you know, position players or something like that. But yeah, I, I think Mixon could have a really good year, based on what they did with the O line, based on how good that offense is in general. Here you go, Lindsay. Again, she said, "Damn, I also have Mixon. Rocky is definitely <laughs> cheating. Damn right he is, and okay. he should be. Okay. He should be." Um. So then. At 5.02 and 6.11, we're seeing a pattern here. He doubles up on tight end. Uh, tight end six at the 5.02, Dalton Schultz. And then at 6.11, tight end seven with TJ Hawkinson. Um, I love that Hawkinson pick. I, I love that pick. 6.11, I got him at 6.12. I love that pick. Dalton Schultz. I respect the stack. I, I, Schultz, I get, let me ask you this. Dalton Schultz at 502 or Hayden Hurst at 511? Who took Hayden Hurst at 5? Hayden Hurst better be playing in the damn SFB this year if anyone took it. Someone took him at 511? Oh, sure did. I break. I, I went back. I went on to the. I forget what's the website here uh, that does um, all the SFB app that uh, Josh ADHD yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. So I went and looked, and I had double checked, and, and yeah, that's that's the earliest he's been taken in my division. It was in your division. Mm-hmm. So well, let's back it up. <laughs> I, I love I love all the different divisions. So. You were sitting and you got an email or maybe you didn't get an email and you just checked in 
Hey, you saw Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst 511? Mm-hmm. My goodness gracious. All right. Well, that, that's a thing that happened. So, Rocky, in that case, you got tremendous value on Dalton Schultz <laughs> because nine picks later, apparently, you could have had Hayden Hurst. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're higher on Dalton Schultz than I am. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the pick there. I am. But I love the TJ Hawkinson pick. I love, love, love that pick. So, um, you know, 50-50 for me. Drew likes them both. Um, and then we hit we hit a so 7-02, wide receiver 23, Allen Robinson. Uh 8-11, wide receiver 36, Devonta Smith. Uh at the 902, wide receiver 37, Christian Kirk. Can I tell you a secret? I like the second two wide receivers more than I like the first one. I figured you would. I mean, I don't dislike Allen Robinson. I just don't know if I like Allen Robinson as the 23rd wide receiver off the board. I think that's I think that's where my my gripe would be. But I'd like the yeah, I'd be curious Smith. to know which other receivers were were around there. Yeah, uh, I, I could probably go back and look in the chat and see. But um, well, and, yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson or or like uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Even with potentially Jacoby Brissett. Fine. I'll still go. Because you know what's going to happen in that case? Jacoby Brissett is just going to only throw it at Amari Cooper. Not a, not a soul on that team won't have more than like eight targets because Jacoby Brissett's going to get scared and throw it to the best player on his team. Yeah, Amari Cooper. Is there anyone? Oh, while you're looking, um, Bonta Smith, I love that pick. I think that we have seriously downgraded Devonta Smith. Like he's going to be nothing in this offense because AJ Brown is there. And Devonta Smith was good as a rookie last year. Thousand yards. Mm-hmm. on a team that was running the ball a ton. And, you know, he gets a stack. And if you believe in Jalen Hurts, then you almost have to believe in Devonta Smith. Unless you're telling me that Dallas Goddard is going to all of a sudden become that guy that we've wanted to be since he's come into the league. Or Jalen Rager is going to learn how to play football. Or Miles Sanders is going to have a, a ton of catches. I mean, it's going to be Devonta Smith. So I think overall the community has discounted him a lot. And I think yep. that he's going to, I think he's going to have a good season, a, a better season than a lot of people are probably expecting. Um, and then Christian Kirk with the kind of the back to back at eight eleven and nine Oh two. I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence threw it over 600 times last year. That's kind of a a thing that we don't mention is that they threw the ball a lot. And I have a feeling under Doug Peterson, 
<laughs> they're going to throw the ball a lot again. Uh, they're going to be down in a lot of games to help things out. But um, you're getting at least the guy who was paid to be the number one. You know, I'll, you know, we'll see what happens as, as the season goes on. But he was paid to be the number one. So I expect that the, you know, you should have a pretty good target share there. And if they're throwing over 600 times, you know, and he catches those balls, it should be a good season for him. So I like that. Did you see what other uh, what other wide receivers were in that area? Um, no, I was trying to find um, his draft here, and I can't find it. Um, he's got to oh, be on different. The, on the app? Or just... Uh, yeah, just looking in MFL, but yeah, uh, I'm uh, not sure who else was there, but well, and that, and that, that brings up a good point. Cause this got brought up in the 12s chat. Cause somebody, and I can't remember what round they were in. I think it was either the eighth or ninth round. They said, um, would you take Deandre Hopkins here? And somebody said, absolutely not. And I said, who else is around? Because you can slam a pick and be like, well, why did you take him there? But I've been mentioning it, what, for the last 10 minutes? Every division is completely different. Yeah. In the eighth round, you might have options that are much more viable than DeAndre Hopkins. But you might also be in a division where wide receiver, everyone is going zero RB, and wide receivers are just flying off the board. And it's, yeah. do I want... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, or do I want tight end 15 or 16? Do I want DeAndre Hopkins, or do I want, you know, wide receiver? Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. There you go. That, that's actually a perfect one, Gabe Davis. Or, um, you know, Michael Gallup. Oh, Lindsey found it. Okay, here we go. Here I we go. You, Lindsay. Perfect. Lindsay, Lindsay found it. So at the time, Mooney, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, and Juju were taken after Allen Robinson. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I'm taking Darnell. I'm taking Jerry. Taking Rashad. I'm taking Amari. Uh, I would take Allen Robinson over Adam Thielen. I could regret it, but I, I think I would. Um, I'd, I'd definitely take um, take him over Juju. I'd take Robinson over Juju. Um, so, yeah, there's a handful of guys there that uh, I would have had. What do you think, Drew? Are you going to? I don't I don't hate it seeing that list. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Mooney, you're, you're trusting Fields. Judy, I think Judy could be good with uh, with Russ. I, I hope that Russ elevates everybody there. Um, a lot of people are a lot higher on Bateman than I am. Uh, Cooper with the uncertainty at his quarterback. Uh, honestly, Thielen is probably the one that I, you know, if we're looking at like veteran guys that will probably produce, um, you know, I don't hate Thielen, but give me Allen Robinson going with Matt Stafford and change the scenery. Yeah, I, I don't I don't dislike it as much after seeing this list. I mean, honestly, I would have taken <laughs> I, I probably would have taken Devonta Smith over these guys and then 
hope that Robinson or one of these guys made it back on the next pick. Um, but yeah, for this for this set that was taken right after him, I don't hate it. There you go. Drew Drew is good cop, and I'll be bad cop because the <laughs> the the first four guys on that list I I would have taken over Allen Robinson, <laughs> and you know, it's it's just one of those things. Do I trust Mooney? I mean, as the only game in town with the amount of targets he got last year, yeah, I'll trust Mooney in that position. I'll trust Mooney. Uh, Jerry Judy, yeah, that's an upside play. You can say Jerry Judy has never done anything. So, you know, you can at least look back at Allen Robinson and say, you know, hey, even just two years ago, he was pretty damn good. Uh, Rashad Bateman is one of those things where, again, Marquise Brown is out of town. You know, it's, you know, it's Mark Andrews as the number one, but Marquise Brown was, was pretty dang good too. So if you believe in the talent that Rashad Bateman had coming out that year, then, you know, and then Amari Cooper, I think we, you know, I think we forget about the uh, the dark days for Amari in uh, in Oakland because he never made it to Vegas uh, to Oakland. And you can say, well, Derek Carr is better than Jacoby Brissett. Sure, he is, but that team was losing a lot, and Amari Cooper was still doing pretty well. I think Amari Cooper is one of those guys that. He could do fine with just about any kind of quarterback. And Jacoby Brissett's been a starter in the league before. You know, he, he started for the Colts, you know. So he's not, you know, he's not a dude that has been a career backup that has never started games. You know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, what's that? What's Help me out here. The guy who was the backup for the last year with the really long neck, Mike Glennon. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like Mike Glennon out there where you're just like, all right, forget it. We we got no shot. We're not doing it. Let's just forget about it. You know, I, I think Jacoby Brissett can be good. And based on some of the rumblings, it looks like the this might be lower than we all thought. Now, obviously, you know, reports are reports and things can change on a dime, you know. But if some of these reports that are coming out are true, it might not be as long as we think without uh, Deshaun Watson throwing Omari Cooper. And in that case, I mean, okay. if you get, let's put it this way. If you told me you get 10 games of Deshaun Watson, uh, yeah, 10 games of Deshaun Watson. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 11 games of Deshaun Watson thrown to Omari Cooper. Would you take that over full season Allen Robinson? Hmm. It's more tempting. I think the question is how long does it take for them to sync up and figure things out? So really, what are we talking about? Maybe eight, eight or nine games of them playing at a high level. I mean, sure. I mean, you're, you're just playing to get playoffs here. So the playoff format for Scott fish is, uh, is unique as well. Um, because part of it is you add your average points per week to your first round or two. So you want to make sure that you're backfilling, you know, that's the question with Hopkins, right? Like, yeah, sure. I would love to have Hopkins for, you know, 
eight weeks or nine weeks or whatever with Kyler. Um, but that first six weeks, he's taken out of your average scores. So, you know, do you trust yourself to find somebody that's going to get you the majority of his points back? So that way the average doesn't hurt you. Or again, if you have, if you have enough wins, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, you have, you know, you get a better seed, but, um, but yeah. Well, that's, uh, I, I'm still, I'm still out on, on Amari in general, I think for, for this year, it's just too risky in a single season. We got, we got to start making some Amari bets then. We got to start making some Amari bets. <laughs> because I think even if it's 17 with Jacoby Brissett, he'll be fine. He'll be, you know, he's not going to be, he's not going to be wide receiver one. But, you know, what, wide receiver 18? So a two and a half, you know, like a halfway through the twos. That's definitely not out of the range of, of possibility, even with 17 of Jacoby Brissett, you know, and I, and I think they actually have a good coaching staff there who is going to, you know, put together an offense that doesn't leave, you know, Jacoby Brissett out to dry. You know, if this was the old Browns, you might be like, Oh God, you know, they're just going to fit a, you know, Mm. a round peg into a square hole and hope it works. But, uh, they actually have a good coaching staff there, so we'll see. But anyway, we could talk about you know all of this till you know the cows come home, as they say. But uh, we should get out of here, man. So uh, yeah. on our way out, want to thank uh, everybody that was in chat. Chat was so yeah. good this week. We had questions. You know, we had we had Lindsey Kennedy. We had our boy recovering really truther. Corey Beaton from the Junkies draft that we're in. We had Tater Wolf, which by the way, amazing name. What a I name. love that name. What I a love name. that name. That's a great name. Uh, you know, we had we had Jason Real with the Eddie Lacey comment, which was so clutch. That was a pull that I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about, and it, it just worked so well so thank thank you to all you thank you to everybody else who was just watching uh appreciate it when the chat is lit it makes the show just that much better um just remember if you were uh if you were in the chat and you haven't subscribed please subscribe please hit the bell please leave a comment um i i do need to get a little bit better i was on like a really good streak of checking comments and then i kind of fell off uh that's on me but but start doing that so that um, we can interact even more. And um, so let's, uh, let's do that. And then listen, you can't make it on a Wednesday at nine o'clock. Sometimes it happens, but you're listening to us in podcast form. Thank you guys too, because that obviously always helps. Um, Just remember subscribe. If you're not subscribing for some reason, maybe you saw us, promoting on Twitter, maybe a friend told you about us and you listen to us and you like us, uh, and that rate and review. Um, it helps out with algorithms. I'll always say I don't understand them, but I know they help. So please do that. And you know what? On that note, Drew, we are out of here. Late. <laughs>